Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Raj Kalia. Hope you're all uh, doing well on this Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, Election Day. Um, most people probably will be out there voting in some capacity, so uh, definitely check that out if you do have time for that. As always, you can find more of my content in any previous episodes on many platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, many more. Um, and obviously, you can check out idea.io, search up Real Sports Talk by Naraj. You'll find a lot of my best audio segments from the NBA, the NFL, um, mostly. So, you know, if you want to check that out, definitely do. Definitely a, a good listen for sure. So in today's episode, we're going to get in a couple of things. We're going to talk some NFL, a little bit of NBA, uh, get into college football, what kind of transpired over the weekend, um, you know, and uh, obviously get into other things as they come along. Uh, what I do want to start off talking about is the trade that took place yesterday, um, yesterday between the Los Angeles Rams, Denver Broncos, uh, Von Miller has been traded to the Los Angeles Rams. Denver will be getting a second and third round pick, I believe, um, in 2022. So the Rams obviously upgrading at a position which they, you know, definitely needed to after they had traded, I think, Kenny Young uh, previously. You know, so. You know, obviously this is the second trade I think these two teams have done, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Von Miller, obviously a heart and soul of that Denver's defense for a long time in the career. Obviously was drafted right there, I think, in the top five when he came out. You know, an eight-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl 50 MVP. Um, you know, now gets to join a team in the Rams that they're definitely all in on this season. Um, it's a big time move. Obviously, Von Miller had been playing, uh, you know, fairly well. He did miss, you know, quite a bit last year with, the, with injuries and stuff like that. Um, you know, has come back and it's kind of been on and off a little bit in terms of his production. But, and granted, you know, obviously with the team in Denver that, you know, he won obviously thinking that he would be there, you know, you know, the rest of his career, you know, after signing that big year um, contract, but. You know, as left for linebackers and for pass rushers, you know, get to the age of 30, 31, 32. A lot of teams don't want to, you know, give that second contract out. And so, you know, Von Miller obviously uh, meant a lot to Denver, more than just the football field. Obviously, he was really big time there. Uh, and, you know, definitely tough for him, no doubt. Obviously, with his reaction, you could watch that video. You know, obviously, he's not joining a team in the Rams that they have been all in on trying to... Um, make moves to acquire that championship to make that pursuit for uh, Super Bowl and we know that it started with you know, with the Stafford trade and um, you know it continues now with uh, Von Miller who will be joining I think Leonard Floyd at the linebacking group will definitely help their defense a little bit as they have kind of dropped off a li- slightly uh, just slightly I would say ever since uh, Brandon Staley departed for the Los Angeles Chargers coaching job, 
um, you know, this move for the Rams definitely helps in terms of Aaron Donald get a little more eased up probably, you know, obviously as a, an offense, now you have to kind of be aware of more than one person who gets to the quarterback and obviously with Von Miller especially, you know, it may allow Aaron Donald to win even a lot more matchups inside and get to the quarterback. Um, so it's a, it is a win-win for the Rams in the sense that if they get a player who obviously is motivated, obviously is healthy now, can play obviously a lot of snaps, and it's going to be able to you know to contribute in some areas that they definitely need to have. Uh, we know that their secondary just hasn't been the same um, at, at times. You know, Ramsey's still playing very well. Um, you know, when he obviously covers matchups and stuff like that. Um, for the most part, you know, it's a move that the, the Rams, you know, definitely um, just made, you know, in terms of they know that they can get a player right now who can contribute. Obviously, adding another veteran, you know, person to the locker room, right? Someone who can, like, even working with some of the defensive linemen and really uh, free up a lot of different things on this defense, so... It's going to be interesting to watch how this goes, but definitely they're all in because they continue to trade draft picks, and they're all in on just you know winning with veterans and winning with players that they know that they can get a lot out of, and so you know it is a big time move, and it only adds to like to that you know that intrigue and that drama is like you know when the Rams do make it right to the playoffs, how do the, how are they going to perform as a defense, uh, and with Von Miller being there now. You know, does that make them even better in some aspects that will hopefully be shown during that time? So, great move for the Denver, uh, for, for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, for the Denver Broncos, uh, this is a little bit of a questionable move for me. Now, yes, Von Miller had some—I uh, think he had a year or so left on his contract, so they have to pay him, and then he'll be a free agent. So, you know, the Broncos not letting him want to walk for anything or leaving free agency. They got couple of draft picks which is decent but you kind of look at Denver and you wonder what kind of direction are they going in right I mean John Elway has been there uh, quite some time and the last time the Broncos were really good was only when they had Peyton Manning um, and since then they've had a tough time of being able to put together a team that uh, can make the postseason right um Look at this team overall. I mean, this defense has been really good at times, um, but it just seems like they're they're all in on building around their safety, Justin Simmons, instead and Bradley Chubb. You know, so it's more about the Broncos trying to get a little bit younger, um, and you know, this might be something we may see more of. Right, the Broncos do have obviously quite a bit of young players on their team, and they're kind of heading that that direction where. They're definitely in like the mode of a rebuild, but you know it just feels like what they what they do have on the offensive side of the ball. There's still a lot of questions, right? We don't know if Teddy Bridgewater will be that quarterback for the Broncos next year. Most likely, he will not, because there's going to be a, quite a bit of quarterbacks they're going to have options from if they do decide to go that route. Maybe in free agency, they'll also be able to make a run for potentially Aaron Rodgers or some other names that might be available during that time. So. The Broncos definitely sitting at a 4-4 four and four record. You would think that they would want to be all in, having all their best players. But you know, they traded Von Miller now, and it just 
remains to be seen whether this was the right trade or not because, you know, at the defense, you haven't had a whole lot of success in terms of rushing the quarterback consistently every game. And so now, are you going to be able to, um, you know, get it done on defense, you know, with your secondary at least? I mean, we know that at the secondary spot, they do have, you know, Sertan and, you know, Simmons and couple of players, but you just wonder at this point in the season, you know, you're trying to make the postseason and you trade Von Miller to the, you know, to the Rams, so it just kind of feels like Denver is all about this season. They don't, I think the Broncos at this point, they're going to obviously still be competitive enough to win some of these games, but, you know, trading Von Miller is just more of like they're just trying to obviously, you know, lower their salary cap, try to make moves for the future, get some flexibility for the future. And hopefully they can make it work, you know, because we know that you know, he has been a really good player uh, throughout his career, and you kind of hate to see him get traded in this aspect, but, you know, obviously NFL, the way business doesn't work sometimes, you have to trade those players that are on contracts that are expiring and things like that. Um, I wish they would have kept him all, though, just knowing how much he kind of wanted to come back and play. Um, so that locker room will definitely miss a great veteran leader. Um, and hopefully they're able to still find ways to win games. Um, but there's a lot of questions they have to answer in terms of the direction of this team. And with this move, it just kind of signals a little bit of like, all right, they're going to give it all their season, but definitely they're going to be re- rebuilding at some levels on that defense, especially that pass that pass rush. And this might be the start, start of that for sure. Um, so, um, you know. Should be uh, to watch how the Rams and Broncos do the rest of the way. Um, but Von Miller gets a fresh start now, um, and hopefully he'll be able to do some good things for that defense uh, when he steps on the field in a, in a couple of weeks. So in this next segment, I want to get into a little bit of the NBA action we saw yesterday. There were a handful of games, um, and obviously, you know, the early part of the season, we're going to see some matchups that are fairly good. Some that are kind of so-so, but, you know, teams are kind of getting into their, like, routine now. Um, But before I get into some of the NBA games, just a couple of thoughts on the... Uh, Monday Night Football game last night between the Giants and the Chiefs in Week 8. And what a tough game. Um, but the Chiefs pulled it out 20-17. to And you just look at this game. Um, man, there were just so many penalties in this game. Um, and obviously there were a couple of crucial ones as, you know, all the Chiefs go ahead, field goal drive at late. You know, there was a... Um, Offsides call, which negated a penalty. Uh, sorry, negated a turnover as the Giants did get an interception on Mahomes late in this game. That was negated to that offsides call. And then you had the you know pass interference. Oh, sorry, the face mask penalty called um, against you know on Travis Kelsey. When you look at the replay, obviously it didn't seem like it was that, but. You know, a tough break for uh, both teams against the Giants. I mean, there were a lot of penalties in this game, uh, with a couple of turnovers, things that you never see really from the Chiefs. You kind of saw in this game, and man, golden opportunity missed for the New York Giants in this one. You know, 
I would say that they played a pretty decent game, all things considered. You know, um, but when it came time to execute and get it done, you know, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. You know, it felt like this game was going to come down to a couple of plays, and you know, you look at just what the Giants had left. They had a chance to tie this game, but you know, Daniel Jones took a sack at a uh, you know at a crucial point in the game. So when that happens, you know. When that happens, you know, things just don't work out, you know, with no timeouts and everything. Uh, just saw some really uh, interesting plays. Like, there were obviously some drop passes. Um, the Chiefs obviously didn't play their best game, but they got it done somehow with their running game with Mahomes just making some throws here and there. Um, but, you know, these are the kind of games the Giants have been kind of losing this year just some of the close ones coming down to the stretch and you know injuries aside those are obviously part of the game but you know this was a game in which the Giants could have won you know it was very winnable uh the Chiefs just were able to get a much needed win you know much needed win obviously they saw they got a couple of nice plays right down the stretch obviously the defense that has been really poor lately somehow found a way to be decent enough in this game um, but missed opportunities, a lot of penalties, um, you know, and obviously the taunting rule came into effect also in this game. Um, but you know, the Giants sit now at two and six, while the Chiefs are four and four, or um, yeah, I think four and four. So it's an interesting point in the season for the Giants now, right? I mean, you know, I think a couple more losses kind of rules you out of the NFCs. Um, but that was an interesting game yesterday, and you know. Just kind of wished it was a little more high scoring towards the end, but some games are just kind of like going to come down to like this kind of uh, way. And you know, the Chiefs got, uh, I guess, a few couple of breaks, lucky ones in this one to win. So, on to the NBA last night. Um, the Sixers, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, won 113 to 103 over the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, Joel Embiid, I think, did not play yesterday due to some undisclosed injury or, I think, for rest, something along those lines. But, um, you know, Portland falling to 3 and 4, and Philadelphia improving to, I think, 5 and 2, uh, or 6 and 2. Um, a great game uh, uh, played by the Sixers, right? Without Embiid, right? Without Simmons, for albeit. I mean, Simmons obviously is going to be away for some time. Yeah, great team win for the Sixers. You know, you saw obviously Andre Drummond get a couple of, uh, you know, get some minutes in there, um, play well. Um, you know, Frank Cormaz played there. Seth Curry provided 23 points. You know, Philadelphia got a lot of good uh, production from their offense in this game. You know, and Portland just missed a couple opportunities. They played well for the most part. They just missed a lot of shots down the stretch of this game. That kind of. And obviously during that game, there were a lot of chants about, uh, you know, Lillard coming to Philadelphia. And, you know, obviously Philadelphia is dreaming for a lot of different things right now. They, they have their point guard spot. But, you know, this is a game in which uh, there's just a lot of missed opportunities by Portland late. You know, it's kind of a struggle for uh, Lillard late in this game. Uh, you know, even though they put up like 20 points each, him and McCollum, you know, it's just, just one of those things where you expect Portland... Uh, you expect, you know, the, see McCollum, Lillard, and 
Powell score, but what about anybody else? You know, and uh, I think Simmons, after Simmons, uh, you know, their their point guard off the bench. I mean, he did okay for the most part, but you know, the Blazers just do lack like a couple of spots where you need some more shooting, right? And um, Philadelphia just got you know much more of a well-rounded performance from everybody across the board. Everybody I think it was in double figures in this game. Um, that's, what, that's what you need to see, right? You need to see Philadelphia move the ball and play this way overall. Um, so everybody kind of chipped in really well. I think George's Niang had 21 points uh, for the Sixers. So, you know, you just kind of saw one of those games which Philadelphia just played great team basketball uh, and was able to kind of keep Portland off their, uh, their lead towards the end of the game. And you had the Boston Celtics fall. To the Chicago Bulls, 128 to 114. You know what an interesting game uh, for both teams. You know, it felt like the Celtics had a good control on this game, but uh, down the stretch, I mean, Tatum really struggled. Jalen Brown didn't do as much. Uh, Demar Derozan had 37 points in this game. I mean, he was really efficient in a lot of great shots, especially late in the second half. Uh, I think Levine had 20, 26 points or 20 points along those lines. Um, you know, he didn't hit that well from three-point line, but he did just enough to get the victory. Uh, you had, you know, Lonzo and Vujicic have 12 points each. I mean, both had a huge 39-point quarter late. Like, they, they scored 39 points in the fourth quarter compared to 11 for Boston. So, Boston went really cold. They kind of got, got out of sync a little bit. Uh, Chicago out rebounded them 50 to 38. Um, even though in this game, I think the Bulls were more sloppy. They had I think 18 turnovers, I think, or 16 turnovers along those lines. But you know, obviously, you saw Brown, Tatum, Smart all put up points. But you know, it's just about any, everybody else. You know, and you know, Dan Schroeder didn't have a big night either. And you know, Marcus Smart came out after the game and you know said about like passing the ball and doing those kind of things I mean obviously you know we know that Brown and Smart and Tatum have all been together quite a while so you know Marcus Smart is a really good player and obviously he did resign and now you expect him to um, you know everyone's going to kind of hold each other accountable right that's how kind of it is in the NBA you know you want to bring out the best in your teammates to bring the best out of yourselves and so Celtics still have a long uh, way to go. Uh, they obviously are at I think two and four, two and five, something like that. Um, you know they'll get it figured out. Uh, I think for sure. Um, but definitely, yeah, shot making wise and facilitating wise, all three of them are gonna have to do a much better job of doing that. As for the Bulls, they got obviously a nice bounce back win after that loss last week. Um, so look at some of the teams. Obviously, um, expect Boston and. Um, you know, Chicago to be right there in the mix of things in the Eastern Conference. So, a long, long way to go, but uh, obviously some great offense from the Bulls, and this is what they may need more and more of this season if they want to be able to, you know, make a push for a seed in the Eastern Conference. So in this next segment, I want to uh, recap college football week nine. 
As you know, we're getting into that stretch now for college football where the college football playoff committee starts to release their official rankings. Um, you know, there obviously are the Associated Poll top rankings that come out week to week in college football, but the big one is approaching where, you know, a lot of teams will kind of know where they stand ahead of the conference championship games and, you know, the bowl games and stuff like that. So it was quite a week in college football. Obviously, um, you know, more and more of the big time games are coming up where you, know, you kind of start to figure out which team is really going to be able to make a push and which team is, you know, doing fairly well in terms of putting themselves in the best position to make a conference championship game. So you look at this week. Passing college football, um, number nine Iowa uh, went down uh, against Wisconsin, twenty-seven to seven. To me, Iowa's playoff hopes are really, I think, gone at this point. You know, they were obviously one of those promising teams with their defense playing extremely well early on, but now the offense just hasn't been able to keep up the same kind of performance, and they've really um, are in a tough spot with another loss. You know, just kind of find themselves in a spot where they, you know, they lost to a team in Wisconsin that obviously have been looking to um, bounce back for a while. They've, obviously, Wisconsin hasn't had the best season of their, you know, some some time now. But they played great on this particular game. They forced three turnovers. The Wisconsin defense forced three turnovers on Iowa. Held them to almost 156 yards of offense. Um, and Wisconsin was able to get back to that kind of dominant rushing kind of performance they needed with 160 yards rushing. Um, but for Iowa, it just came down to just not converting enough on third down, 2 of 13. Uh, not going to get it done, especially on the road against a Wisconsin team that obviously was really motivated to pull off an upset. And they did so in convincing fashion. Number five, Ohio State beat number twenty, Penn State, thirty-three to twenty-four. You know, Penn State was obviously another team that was off to a great start this season, but you know, once they lost to Iowa and then lost to Illinois, it kind of went downwards from there. And give Ohio State credit; this was the first real test they had in a while, and Ohio State just was able to put it away with a couple of late. Rushing touchdowns. I think they had, they had a total of 161 yards rushing. Um, but for Penn State, this had a couple of key turnovers. You know, a couple of key turnovers in this game. Uh, you know, quarterback C.J. Stroud played well enough to keep them game, keep them going overall in this game. So Ohio State is looking more and more good. Uh, they obviously haven't looked back since they lost to uh, Oregon early in the season. They are emerging as one of those teams that may have a chance into the top four of you soon. Number 12, Kentucky, uh, went down this week on an upset to Mississippi State, 31-17. to This was a big missed opportunity for Kentucky to get some momentum. Uh, four turnovers, uh, they were dominated in terms of time of possession, and it just, it just kind of went, went back from the start for Kentucky, and a tough loss for them considering how much they have been playing very well the last few weeks. Georgia dominated Florida 34-7. I thought this game would be a little bit closer, but it was not. It was a turnover-filled game, and Florida just didn't take advantage of those turnovers as well as Georgia did, and that was the reason why Georgia was able to blow up in the game uh, late. 
Number 10, Ole Miss uh, went down to number 18, Auburn, 31 to 20. Um, I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to get back in the top 10 anytime soon. After this loss, I mean, Matt Corral didn't play the best of games in a while. Um, and Auburn just executed better in key moments down the stretch to win this game. As for number two, Cincinnati, number four, Oklahoma, they got their wins pretty easy. Nothing too dumb about those games. They won in convincing fashion. The biggest game, although, of college football week nine was the uh, game between Michigan and Michigan State, the classic rivalry game, and it was one heck of a game. Um, but, you know, you know, Michigan State was able to pull out the victory, I think 37 and 33. Great game from both teams, uh, but Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State, was just too good in this one. He was really good in this one, had a total of five touchdowns in this game, 192 yards rushing. Just really stepped up in big-time situations for Michigan. And for Jim Harbaugh, I mean, this this loss definitely hurts because you know Michigan has been playing some really good football, but it ended with his quarterback throwing a crucial interception. And Michigan's playoff hopes are still much, very much alive in this, you know, in, in the rankings, I would say. But if they lose, I guess, a couple more, they'll definitely be out. But for Michigan State, a huge win as they are going to push forward now in the rankings. Um, as a result, the latest college uh, associated poll top rankings has Georgia number one, Cincinnati number two. You have Alabama number three, Oklahoma number four, and you have Michigan State number five. Ahead of Ohio State. So Michigan State is ahead of Ohio State. And if these two teams play, right, the Buckeyes and the Spartans, that will be a huge game in terms of who can, like, catch Oklahoma in the fourth spot. Outside of that, you have Oregon, number seven. You have Notre Dame, number eight. Michigan drops number nine in the rankings. And Wake Forest, a team that I have not mentioned this year, (laughs) is at number 10. So things are getting very, very interesting in the top 10. But you see... The game between Michigan and Ohio State, if these two teams do play each other, it will definitely be a, a huge game for the playoff rankings coming forward. So, a lot to look forward to as, you know, the official college football rankings will be coming out in, in a week or so here. So, it's going to be great to see how, you know, these teams and how the things are kind of broken down by all these teams. But Georgia remains, remains the favorite. Alabama's right there behind them. And Cincinnati is still playing very well. And, Anything can happen, but if Cincinnati finishes strong, all the way up, finishes undefeated, they will be in the in the playoffs. But if they don't, um, you know, then it will be a chaos pretty much for any team outside of the top five. Um, but the two teams that obviously you have to watch, obviously, is Oklahoma and Cincinnati because these are two teams in the top four that could fall potentially down the stretch. And if that happens, then Michigan State, Ohio State, Oregon, Notre Dame will all have chances to get back into that fourth spot of the college football rankings.